Good afternoon, Mayor Hoffman and Finance Committee members. This meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the special meeting of the Finance Committee for December 14, 2021, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the City's website. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the December 14th, um, 2021 Finance Committee meeting. Um, although I'm calling the uh, meeting to order myself and Vice Mayor Kelman as Finance Committee members are on the meeting at this point. Um, and at this point, I will ask uh, for any public comment for matters not on the agenda. And I'll look to the clerk to call on people. I'm not able to see it on my my eyes. Do we, do we have any people on for public comment? Uh, I'm not seeing any hands raised. And You're correct. I don't see any hands raised. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay. In this case, um, uh, next time is approval of the minutes. I don't see any attached minutes though. So. We'll move on um, to old business. I don't see any old business attached to the agenda, so I'll call public comment on old business at this point. Uh, I'm not seeing any hands raised. Is that You're correct, I didn't see any hands raised. Okay, thank you. Um, in that case, then I'll move on to new business. Um, and we have the following um, we have the following items on our agenda. We'll take public comment as we go through these items. However, let me just say that we are double we're we're double tasking um, at this point. We're uh, monitoring a board of supervisor meeting that we want to provide public comment on because it has an item for matching a grant for matching funds for Sausalito and for our homeless encampment. And so we wanna be sure that we're able to provide public comment for that. Um, and so in light of that, what we're gonna to do today is we're gonna accept the audit um, status and receive that report and have that report done. Um, the fiscal year 22-23 uh, budget calendar um, is attached to the agenda and we're gonna to that generally um, and adjust as we move through the year, but that's a, for a general informational for the public. With regard to the general fund reserve level and measure O restoration, um, there is a PowerPoint attached, but we're going to address that at a later meeting. Um, the pension fund, the pension review and financing, there's a PowerPoint attached to that as well. I will let you know that we are going to address that at a later uh, City Council workshop probably um, we're going to try to schedule that in January and item E um, attorney's fees for 2021 we'll be reviewing those um, at a later time as well so um, and uh, Vice Mayor do you want to add in anything on that? No that was an excellent overview that sounds like where we are. Okay thanks so what we'll do right now is we're going to go forward then with item E1 um, and we'll take public comment on that and then we'll have discussion with regard to that by the finance committee and then oops sorry <laughs> and then we'll conclude 
the meeting at that time. We'll adjourn. Okay, so let's go ahead and start our presentation of the audit. Um, and I understand we have a, a person on the line from, uh, I'm sorry, Vivian, or Ms. Chu, are you going to present that? Or is that gonna be one of the guys from IP? Chad, you're not presenting that audit result. Yeah, I can, I can certainly present that. Let me share my screen. Let me know when that comes through. All right. Yep, good. Okay, so we've got a, we finally got a draft. We've got a draft of the audit report that came into our inbox uh, very, very early Monday morning. They were working late this weekend to get us that draft. Um, so we are currently reviewing the draft that uh, Mays and Associates had provided. Um, we're tying the numbers back to the system of record, Springbrook or accounting software. And then we're reviewing the note disclosures for accuracy, completeness, and making sure that we have a complete um, financial statement that, that rises to the level of generally accepted accounting principles. Um, we are also in the process of producing our um, management discussion and analysis that will accompany the financial statements. A lot of the numbers are derived from that report. Um, for the government-wide activities, so we needed that draft and the, the kind of the roll-up and how things are presented before we could complete that. Um, it is worth noting, um, and we have discussed at prior meetings, that it will be a little bit different. We're not doing the expansive um, annual comprehensive report. We're simply doing the, the basic um, financial statement. So the report will be a little bit streamlined or slimmed down this year. Um, there will be no letter of transmissal, transmittal, or um, stats table, the 10 years worth of stats that you've seen in the past. Um, we do have a timeline that we're working through, um, some goals that we have set in place in order to meet our, our December 30th uh, goal of publishing that, that audit report. Um, so we do have our draft right now. Um, we're currently in the review process and, and working through that MDNA with the goal of completing that by December 17th. Um, we do have December 30th listed as our audit report release date. We are hoping to be sooner than that, but depending upon the comments that we do uh, uncover this week, and if Mays has any additional questions as they review our MDNA, um, it, it, it could be a little bit later to December 30th. Our goal is to get it out before the, the Christmas holiday. Um, and then our kind of our, our preliminary thought is we would come and present to finance committee um, sometime in January the actual published audit report so that way we can have Mays, Mays come give a presentation. Um, Vivian and I will be available to discuss and, and provide some additional context. And then we are on track to meet the state controller's report submitted by January 31st which uses those audited financial statements. So that is our timeline. I've got some other items that I, I want to discuss. Um, any questions on the timeline and kind of where we're at right now before I move forward? Yeah, Chad, um, can you also just articulate, uh, so we've traditionally done a CAFR, which is a very expensive uh, uh, product. Um, can you just state for everybody who, who may be watching this that the CAFR is not required. Um, it was something that prior management selected and that what we are doing meets every yep. and all accounting guidelines and requirements? Yeah, that is correct. There is, 
you know, the basic financial statements that covers the, the financial statements, the balance sheet, the income statement, statement of cash flows, and then your supporting note disclosures as well as required supplementary information. Um, the comprehensive annual financial report um, is an optional uh, reporting guideline or framework that is recommended or published by the GFOA, the Governmental Finance Officers Association. What that is, is it takes that basic financial report that the city will be preparing this year and it adds additional items to it. Um, just more context, the letter of transmittal, which gives more of a narrative and kind of talks about more of the highlights above and beyond what's in the management discussion and analysis. And it also provides 10 years worth of statistical data or stat tables at the, at the appendix of the report. Um, those are completely optional, but in order to qualify for the award published by the GFOA, you need to include those. So, yeah, they take a lot of time, a lot of effort to, to, to produce the comprehensive annual financial report, um, and the city has elected to forego that and just do your basic financial reports that, that rise to the level of gap. Right, which um, sounds quite, quite prudent. And Chad, you, you would all, we have also uh, had conversations prior meetings about uh, rendering much more straightforward uh, accounting documents so that um, members of the public, right, with the cap or sometimes numbers didn't match because they were using an accrual basis, uh, and, right? So it's confusing. Can we assume that what you do produce will be much more straightforward? So, so a couple of points. Um, w there are still the, the fund level statements. Uh, so this is last year's report that I have up here. Yep. There's still going to be fund level financial statements. So the general fund, tidelands, capital improvements, et cetera. Those are the modified accrual. This is what's gonna report back to like OpenGov, but there's still going to be the government wide, which is the statement of net position for governmental and business type, and then the statement of activities. There's still going to be that change due to the accrual or the, the basis of accounting. That doesn't change. Those. Both of these statements are part of the, re the, the basic financial statements. Okay. Yep. Great, thank you. I think the city manager had a question. Uh, Mayor Maxine, if I may. Please. Yeah, it's not the question, it's kind of a, some information that I think is important to share. Number one, uh, the audit timeframe uh, is really important for the community to understand. And so I think that, as you know, this is a July 20 to June 2021, uh, this sort of speaks to those dates. Uh, the second thing is it's really important to note for the public that cities are required to perform audits in the time frame that Chad is explaining, but they're also performed by an independent auditor who is not a city uh, department, and that is Mason Associates. And the lead up to this particular presentation, there was work done by virtual gov, and that's appreciated over a four month period and certainly with the council's direction and the authority to rebuild the finance department uh, going forward uh, the model will be different than what we have inherited and what has been happening uh, and certainly uh, you know the agreement with i bailey which has been essential for us to complete this get this far and complete this audit has been appreciated so uh, again for the public's awareness you know vivian chu our new finance director We've hired two new people in the finance department, so we have a rebuilt finance department, not an outsourced finance department. We have a third-party auditor who looks at these independent of the city, and it's just for the time frame that is July 20th through June 2021. 
July 2020 through June 2021. So I wanted to make sure that's part of the record. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Um, go ahead, Chad. Are you? Do you yeah, uh, if I may, I was trying to figure out how to raise my hand. I think I figured it out. I do want to point out just one thing real quick. Um, the GASB, the Governmental Accounting Standards Board, has renamed the report, the, the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. The acronym that, that is commonly used is, 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 a, is an insensitive word in some cultures. So we, we want to get away from saying that acronym, the CAFR. Um, they've relabeled the report to the Annual Comprehensive uh, Financial Report, ACFR. They swapped the letters. Um, I just want to raise that up and just make sure that we're aware of it because I it, it is yeah it's new it just got passed by the GASB um, and we have scrubbed our website the city's website to remove the the CAFR um, acronym and it's been replaced with ACFR for those prior year reports so yeah that's new I just wanted to make sure that we're we're on the same page and using good terminology just to be aware of 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 how that acronym sounds at times. All right. Other than that, if we're ready to move on, I can I can discuss some of the prior period adjustments and the other notable items that are going to be in this year's report. Um, yes, go ahead. All right. So we have, you know, as 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 Chris has said, we've been going through the, the balances and digging deeper into things, and we've come across the Tidelands Fund, and the Tidelands Fund has had a deficit fund balance for, for quite some time. Um, if I go to last year's report, here is the Tidelands Fund, and we have a deficit fund balance of, of $2.5 And that related to this under-revenue revenue um, right here within the Tidelands Fund. Now, I was tasked with with looking into that to figure out what is the cause of that balance and is it recorded correctly. Um, and what this is, is this is the agreement between the city of Sausalito and Sausalito Yacht Harbor. Um, a new lease was signed back, I didn't know the year, but I should have. I believe it was in the early 2000s. Um, I, can, I can look it up. I don't know it right now. But what, what it was is the city offered to extend the life of that lease for Sausalito Yacht Harbor for 50 years from the date of signing, which is the legal maximum based on the deed. And in exchange for that right to extend the lease, Sausalito Yacht Harbor agreed to, to fund or pay for half of the repairs of the bulkhead. Um, in addition to paying for half, Sausalito Yacht Harbor agreed to prepay some rents or provide funding to the city to repair this bulkhead and in exchange for that advanced funding they would receive rent credits non-refundable rent credits for 25 years of that new 50-year lease well looking into this the first part that exchange type transaction so they contributed resources for half of the cost of the replacement of the bulkhead for the right to extend their lease um, this is an exchange type transaction. The city provided them an option to extend the lease and Sausalito Yacht Harbor contributed dollars for that right. That 
transaction should have been recorded as a contribution, an inflow, in the year that it was received because both parties gave something in return, and it should have been recognized as, as, a, as a revenue in that year. So the second portion of this, um, of the prior period adjustment, has to do with the non-refundable rent credits that were received at the initiation of the lease. Um, and this gets a little bit technical um, when we start talking about the modified accrual basis of accounting. So essentially, they, they funded the city's half the repairs, less a million dollars that the city did contribute um, at that time. And then the contribution would grant South Florida Yacht Harbor non-refundable rent credits for the next 25 years of the lease. Since these are non-refundable rent credits, they do not meet the definition of a liability under the current financial resources and measurement focus um, of, of accounting and the modified accrual basis. And that's what those fund statements are, the modified accrual basis. Um, in those fund statements, they're really looking at what resources are available to meet the needs of the government, the current needs of the government. They don't look at long-term assets. They don't look at long-term debts. They say what's available today to meet our obligations and to provide those services to our, 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 our citizens. So under this. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, this is, this is the mayor. Um, we're going to have to take a short break. Okay. So, um, I'm going to pause right here and I'll dial back in uh, okay. half an hour. Sorry, you guys. This is. That's okay. It's important that we work at the county and that, that commissioner's meeting. Yeah, um, so I'm going to mute you now and I'll unmute when, I, when we're done. Thank you. Okay. Well, I think that means we're all pausing. For half an hour. Half an hour, so we'll come For back. Half an hour? Okay. 12.50. 12.50, return. Okay. I do have a hard stop at 2, so um, we'll stop at starting. Okay. Thanks, Jim. All right, thank you. All good. So Heather, is there a resource? We're recording now. Uh, thank you, and welcome back to our um, our meeting. We're ready to proceed at this time, and Chad, so I'll let you um, go back. <laughs> Except you need to turn off your you need to turn on your microphone. <laughs> there we go. Just talking to myself over here. Thank you, Mayor. All right. So as as where we were at uh, prior to our departure, we were discussing um, the Sausalito Sausalito Yacht Harbor. Um, lease agreement and the unique arrangement to to fund the the bulkhead um, repair and replacement. Um, as we were discussing, there were really two parts of the transaction. One was a exchange type transaction where there was consideration given by both parties for um, the right to extend the lease by 50 years. Um, that that portion um, there was of of the of the of the liability that was recorded, 2.9 million of it was representative of that exchange transaction, and that should have been recognized in the year of, of receipt. Um, the second portion was the rent credits that we were discussing. Um, 
and because they're non-refundable rent credits and they have to be used to reduce future rents, under the modified accrual basis of accounting, they don't meet the definition of a li liability because it's not going to be a consumption of current, or current financial resources. We're not defeasing them. We're not paying out city resources to use up these rent credits or for soft little yacht hardware to use them up. They don't meet the definition. And when discussed with um, our auditors, they agreed that that should not have been recorded in the fund. So the entire balance was removed from the fund, governmental fund statements for, for the Tideland Fund. Um, Sasquatch Yacht Harbor still has those rent credits. Um, there's about $1.6 million worth of unused rent credit that will be kind of used up um, for, the, for, for the coming years. They do expire in November of 2037. So that was one of our, our changes or prior period adjustments. Um, it has a pretty big effect or, or big, um, big change on the fund level statements. Um, and I know that that was something that was kind of questioned or, or you know, you guys were curious about last year. So. Hey, Chad, thank you for yeah. that. <clears throat> um, so just a couple of questions I want to make sure I understand. Uh, so Thailand's fund was carrying negative balance. We received an upfront payment that we could not note as revenue and the carrying of that liability resulted in a negative fund balance is that correct that that is correct yeah so up on the screen i do have uh last year's financial statements and that was resulting in a deficit fund balance of 2.6 million yep. okay and then what other elements to that agreement would offset liability would offset liability um in in the fund statements there's not a we don't have an obligation to pay back any of those resources or any of those dollars that they that they received. Um, half of the cost to repair it was an exchange type transaction. Here's half the cost to replace the bulkhead. Thanks for letting us extend the lease by 50 years. So they, they, they paid for their right to extend it. Um, and then the rent credits, because they're non-refundable, they have to be used up. Um, and it says explicitly in the lease that they are not to be repaid a small caveat, unless the bulkhead is completely destroyed and we do not repair it and there is no business interruption insurance that, that pays or, or, or offset by any business interruption insurance. Due to like the three contingencies, it, it's not, it shouldn't be recognized in the fund level statements. Um, in the year that we received it, we received the cash proceeds in the Thailand's fund and then we transferred them over to the capital improvements fund to repair and replace that bulkhead. And that was really what was resulting in that deficit fund balance because of this, this, un, um, this unavailable revenue right here, this unearned revenue. And, and it should have been booked as revenue in the year received in the fund statements. Okay, and then absent the Yacht Harbor, what is the balance in the fund? Um, if we if we basically take take this out of of this amount here, mm -hmm. uh, I yeah. Let me do a quick calculation. Because the reason I'm, I'm asking is because I, I think it looks like the net effect is that when the city should receive 25 percent for the agreement of the yacht harbor's revenue, will instead reduce the liability by that 25 percent because the yacht harbor has basically prepaid the city. 
But that yep. said, it only decreased by about 100K year over year, which under that seems kind of light. It, it, it wasn't being recorded. It wasn't being recorded correctly to begin with. Um, so when we were digging into it, let me go. Uh, let me see here. Can I, can I present things that weren't part of the, the packet? Like I can show you like our, our work paper, our journal entry. Is that? Yeah, that we want to make that available to the public. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me, let me pause my screen real quick and then I will pull up our, our work paper. Um, finance audit. And I know we have other items to cover. We we could also do this offline, Chad. I guess uh, yeah. I want to make sure that yeah. I, I just want to make sure we're correctly and the, that the public uh, has been given all the information. To understand there's an error in the reconciliation. It wasn't being accounted for correctly, um, and want to understand uh, kind of what's been remedied, uh, so we won't have that moving forward. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, we can make we can make um, the work paper that I have available, and then you know we can certainly discuss more in depth um, af after the fact. Let me see if this uh, this isn't quite what I was hoping it was. One second. And, I, and sorry, just to give some context, the reason I think I'm kind of pursuing this, the city gets 25% of the gross under the contract, and, and la the last council extended this from a 40 to a 70-year lease. Um, that's a lot of missed opportunities, so we're just trying to understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so in, in the each, – each month that South Blue Yacht Harbor pays their rent, they take their, their – they have two classes, the 25% of, like, boat flips and then there's a five percent category for some other revenues they calculate out their 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 rent due under the the formula and then they reduce it by this eleven thousand nine hundred and forty um for the you know for the 25 years of those available rent credits our future revenues will be reduced by that eleven thousand nine hundred and forty so it's a hundred and forty three thousand dollars per year that we're, we're reducing our rents or our future inflows into that Tidelands fund. Um, so yeah, up until 2037, our revenues will be reduced by that 143,000. Previously, we were, we were reducing the rent credits by this full amount, and then we would book it as, as revenue um, in that year. But there it doesn't, it doesn't quite meet the definition of of an inflow in the gun in the governmental fund statements because it has to be measurable and available it has to be like an inflow well that inflow took place many many years before um so uh, yeah i see your, i see your question where it it will be a reduced revenue from sauce little yacht harbor because that that rent credit is not being kind of amortized or written down each cycle 
because it was recognized in the year of inception. Um, I can I can prepare a more formalized kind of illustration of of the adjustments if that would be helpful, and we can make that public as well. There were there were two components of that GL balance. Here was last year's balance. There was the rent credits, and it should have been 1.6 million, but we were the city was over amortizing them. They weren't calculating kind of that present value calculation. Originally. I couldn't convince the auditors of, of, of writing off the entire rent credits, but I revisited it and made my case using the GASB standards. So, so this is, is a little bit goofy. We, we originally wrote them up to what they should have been, and then we, we did a, a second journal entry to write them down because they, they don't meet the liability. I brought in a, a, a more formalized GASB expert to help build my case. Um, and then this was written down. It was originally tracked. We were amortizing it off at that. We took the, the full lease. This is the, we took the full contribution and then divided it by the 50 years and we're writing it down kind of one, one fiftieth per year. And that, and that was an exchange transaction that should have been revenue. So we wrote that entire 2.9 off. Okay, great. So, yeah, Chad, let me make this recommendation to the city manager. Um, if you can make sure that the information on the on the Thailands and the lease for Yacht Harbor uh, gets transmitted to OMIT as well, I think that they would find this information helpful. Um, and then Chad, I think it was you that we had a, a correspondence with about uh, how to improve the reporting on the funds themselves uh, with restricted, unrestricted, and what restricts them. So I think you were working on a report for that. Yeah. Yep. So I think it was part of it was part of our treasurer's report where. We were talking about like the, the cash balances, um, and I borrowed the the Gasby 54 kind of concepts, if you will, where it talks about restricted, non-restricted. Um, that will be baked into the next treasurer's report. Do you want that brought forward into other areas of reporting as well, like to the OMETs or? Uh, let me think about that. I don't know if the mayor or the city manager have uh, comments on that. Yeah, let me think about that too. I about how to bring that forward. What's the appropriate method for that? So, we'll, yeah, maybe we'll caucus among ourselves and then and get back to you, Chad. Yeah, that would that would be fine. We, Vivian, myself, have been having some some deeper discussions about fund balance recently as we've prepared for the audit. Um, so yeah, if 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 there's a more of a need for for more visibility on that on a more recurring basis. Um, I think we're, we're setting ourselves up for success on, on a lot of the reporting frameworks that we've been building during this audit prep cycle, as well as that last treasurer's report, we, we kind of expanded it and brought like those colored flags to identify what's, what's unrestricted, what's restricted, committed, et cetera. Um, so if there is a need, I think we've got, we've got good systems that are being developed that are in place to, to give that information on a more consistent basis. Right. I think the answer to that is going to be yes. Uh, I think we want to do that as much as possible. Yeah. No. It's 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 good good information and good visibility to have. Um, moving forward, the OPEB the OPEB liability um, was always recorded within the governmental funds of the of the government wide statements. So if we go to our statement in that position, this is the the full accrual. So we've got full accrual governmental and then full accrual business type activities. 
Now, the OPEB liability was always recorded in governmental activities for the, the government-wide. Um, during the audit, the auditors questioned, why don't we allocate that out to our other enterprise funds that have employees assigned to them, like we do for, for our pension activities, because we take that pension and that does get allocated out to the other enterprise funds. They raised the question and asked that we calculate what would be the impact if we were to allocate it out to our enterprise funds that have employees. Um, they suspected that at one point in time it was evaluated to see is it material, but they requested that we evaluate that kind of each and every cycle to make sure that, that there's not a potential misstatement. When we did the, the calculation, it, it was determined that it was a material balance and it should have been recorded in um, our, our MLK, the sewer and parking where they have employees. And we have a fair amount of employees or wages that get assigned to, um, to, the, to the sewer fund. So that was really what drove the decision to break that OPEB liability out and, and allocate it where those employees or where those service credits um, are being earned. So that is one change that you'll see on this year's audit report is, is just kind of the allocation or the breakout of, of the OPEB liability. For the governmental activities, it was a reduction, um, an increase in fund balance, so a reduction of the OPEB liability and related inflows and outflows for about um, $595,000. And then the sewer fund, MLK, and parking fund bear um, the, the costs or the liability that's, um, that's presented on the screen. So that is one area that is going to be a change, and I think it's worth noting, worth having a discussion, and let you guys know before we get there. Any questions on the OPEB? No, just a thank you. Uh, I think that's really helpful to pull that out, particularly as we get into yep. our pension obligation. There, there, there's also one other change that's related to OPEB that didn't make it on, on my memo, but it, it, it's relatable, so I, I, I would like to take the time to present it. And, what I'm going to show here is last year's um, audit report, so June 20th, 2020. Um, we have always shown um, the OPEB trust, so that PARS trust that we have um, where we've been accumulating resources to, to kind of reimburse the city for our, our pay as, our, as we go costs. Um, this has been reported as a fiduciary fund in the past. Now. GASB 84 is a new standard that came came online this year, and it required you know management to evaluate our fiduciary activities, and it's it's on the auditor's radar as well. So we've had some discussions around this. This here um, is actually kind of doubling up the presentation of those those OPEB resources. Um, what I'm finding out, or what I what I what we found, is that this here is used to reduce our OPEB obligation. So we reported a net OPEB obligation. Uh, if we go if we go forward to our front page here, we've got a, a a net OPEB liability or obligation, and that's really our total OPEB obligation less those planned resources. So that fiduciary fund will no longer be shown on our statements. Um, we won't see that fiduciary fund here for OPEB. And it's, it's 
because it's already accounted for, it's already baked into our OPEB, um, OPEB liability. And if we go down to the OPEB notes, um, down to our OPEB plan, this this column here so when we get to like the changes in net opeb liability this is really reflecting the activity in that pars trust account so this is our net opeb liability right here and that's what gets reported on the front statement and now subsequently in in a portion of that in the enterprise funds but that pars asset or that pars trust is right here because our total OPEB obligation or liability is here, we reduce it by our, our plan assets that we have set aside in trust to arrive at net. So that's a change that you, you will see on the audit report. There's no longer a fiduciary fund um, reported because it's, it's already calculated into our net OPEB liability. All right, that's all I have on OPEB, everybody's favorite topic. Next, the COP proceeds. There was a prior period adjustment, and I believe you guys were aware of this, but I do want to just raise it up again. Um, and this has been booked, and it's been reflected in all of the reporting since we did the, the COP drawdown. Um, this was something that Charlie was, was involved in as well. Um, when we went back and requested reimbursement for those, those eligible expenses, and we brought the dollars in, it was noted that the the where the where the cash was sitting between MLK and the capital improvements fund was 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 not correct. Um, so we we increased the fund balance in the MLK fund because it wasn't it was shorted, and then we had to decrease it in the capital improvements fund by about 1.2 million um, due to the prior receding error um, years and years ago. So that trued everything up to put the the resources where the the bond documents had outlined and where those project costs were, were born. So those are going to be the, the, the significant prior periods. There are a couple others. They're more immaterial. There were some cleanup of, of the CIP items, um, but nothing significant, not nowhere in the millions like, you know, these two were. So I didn't, I didn't bring them up. We'll talk about them during the actual full-blown audit presentation if that's uh, an area of interest for you guys. Questions on the, the prior periods, prior period adjustments? Uh, I, mean, I think I do, but I don't think they're having to do with this report. I mean, we had some questions about how we handled the COPS money and like, you know, why we left that cash in the account earning, I think it was 0.03% for three years. I don't know if that's under your purview versus. I, I, I don't know why. Um, it, it, it should have been done timely. Um, I, I don't have a reason why they did it. I just, I know it was, it was quite the undertaking to dig through the, the previous, I think we did like four or five years of, of digging. And we, we collected all of those invoices and submitted the, the requisition request um, from Bank of New York. I, I don't know why they did that. It, it's not best practice. Um, we still have uh, unspent bond proceeds in the sewer fund, you know, as eligible costs or projects are identified. Um, you know, I think it's, it's really imperative that we, we make those timely reimbursement requests to the, to the, the fiscal agent and, and get those dollars back in house. Let's do this, Chad. Let's, uh, let's put a note for a future uh, meeting to really dive into the sewer fund 
Um, it's a little bit of a mystery, I think, for a lot of us. So I, I won't try to follow up with what you just stated now, but let's uh, have that as a future agenda item. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably going to be a combination of like DPW, um, really to understand what, what, where are they going with this? Like there are, I think there's a couple million bucks sitting there um, that are, are excess bond proceeds or, or unspent bond proceeds. I'll work with Vivian and Chris um, to figure it out. But yeah, there's there's a fair amount of dollars sitting there, just ready and waiting. So uh, yeah, that, that's how it looks to the naked eye. Um, but I think I've been told in the past that it's actually all being spent. Um, so I, I would appreciate a thorough. We yeah, we can we can revisit it. Um, you know, earlier this year, calendar year, um, when we dug into the COPs, we dug into the sewers as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll, I'll I'll connect with Vivian and we can we can have a discussion around that and, and validate it's still sitting in trust so it's or it's still sitting in that fiscal agent account if if we can find additional expenditures I'd love to get those those dollars out of that fund for you guys and in the bank of Marin account instead of sitting in a, a fiscal agent account Agreed. so if if I mean we went back and looked at all sewer sewer expenditures kind of since those those bonds were issued. Um, but yeah, we can we can certainly revisit it if you guys if you guys feel we're we're missing something. Yeah. The, the only last question I had, um, again, I don't know if this is within the scope of what you were working on for us today, is um, sort of our bonds and long-term debt obligation, particularly around the general obligation bonds. Um, yeah. Some questions around two things. One is the the current interest rates. I think uh, our geo bonds show an average of I think four point six five percent, but the recent uh, CFD interest rates are much lower like three and a half to 4.2 percent um so so the interest rates and then the question becomes i think there's a tranche where we hit a much higher payback uh sometime in the next uh, two to three years so again if it's not within your scope of this let's table that and make it a agenda item for another meeting yeah i i have i have to be careful on that because i'm not a registered municipal advisor um, okay. There's like a series 50 and series 54, so I, I've got to I I can't I can't advise you on debt. Um, I, I I can show you the audit report, and we can I mean I can yeah I can show you the audit report. I, I'm I'm going to work on my series 50 this coming summer, so <laughs> next year we can have a, 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 a yeah. in-depth conversation. But yeah, I've got I've got to be cautious on that. But you, you are right. Um, interest rates are really low, um, and you guys are paying a, a, a higher percentage. And my computer is being goofy right now. It, it, the interest rate is disclosed in the audit report. Um, it's in that four to five percent range. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I would I would talk to a municipal advisor who is registered to to advise governments on on long-term debt to see if there is an opportunity for the city to to save some money i i think your two big ones are going to be your 2006a um you know that's a four four point one to five percent and then you've got your your series b which is a capital appreciation bond um, these are like the discount bonds um you can see the rates there so yes great great observation rates are really low if there is an opportunity talk to a municipal advisor. Chris, I will follow up with you on, on that. Thank you, Chad.
Yeah, that that's I can I've got a couple maybe other if, if I can I've got one other point that I'll raise uh, a, a point of change if you will, sure. And it, and it relates to the internal service funds. Um, when I was looking at these earlier, I, they they look a little strange. And then Mays, our auditor, asked some additional questions and requested we we change how it's how it's presented. Um, so if we go to our internal service funds, this is our vehicle replacement, workers comp, employee benefits. I'm trying to zoom in for you guys. Um, every all of the the inflows are transfer ins, which is which is not quite how internal service funds are designed to work. Um, so these the the goal of like our workman's comp, comp workers comp and our general liability are really self insurance pools. Um, so from the general funds perspective, they could pay a, an insurance premium to an insurer and it would be a, an expense, a current period expense, or they could pay a self-insurance pool and it, would, it should still be an insurance expense or premium expense to the general fund, and then booked as a, a revenue, an operating revenue to the internal service fund. And they do get eliminated when we consolidate to a government-wide. But for the fund, it should be shown as an expense. When we pay that insurance premium, it should be an expense and then it should be a revenue to the fund. So that was changed this year. Um, right now I'm showing last year's and it says transfer in. So this is essentially a transfer in from the general fund or, or other funds. That's not proper gap. So that was changed. Mays requested that we dig into that. So we did do a, a read, a, an adjustment to eliminate the transfer ins and show them as operating revenues and expenses. And then in the general fund, if we go to the general fund statement uh, right here. We've got a lot of these transfer outs. Not all of these are, are related to the internal service fund, but a, a portion of it. So the transfer out has been reduced and we're booking more of, of, of expenditures because it was workman's comp expense and it was general liability expense. And those are really current period expenditures. They're not really transfer outs. We're, we're purchasing a service from a a self-insurance fund that the city owns. Um, so that, that is a change, a, a slightly noticeable change, I think. It's going to increase your total expenditures in the current year and then reduce your transfer out. Your change in fund balance is the same. It's just how, where does it get reported? Um, the impact of that, and I think Chris will be interested in that, the impact of that will increase your, your, your um, budget reserves and your emergency stabilization, um, your fund balance designations, um, because now those those insurance premiums for general liability as well as workman's comp are included as your expenditures. And that's going to change uh, these numbers here, your budget stabilization and your emergency shortfall. Um, the numbers that I provided Chris last week included that already. So that's just a change. It, it, I think it's noticeable, um, and I want you guys to be aware of it. Okay, thanks. Chris, go ahead. You have your hand up. Excellent use of virtual hand. <laughs> uh, except that we can't hear you because you're still muted. <laughs> Can we walk uh, the mayor and vice mayor and the public through our 
current fund balance in the general fund so that we have that uh, up there. As of the, the for, for as of what period of time? 6.30.21 or the, the report that I gave you the other day? The report you gave me the other day. Yes. Um, let me pause my screen and I'll go grab that. And then can you walk through fund balance and the meaning of that and actual cash on hand in yeah. terms so people um, like myself can transfer and translate that? I certainly will. Let me let me start with our fund balance as of as of today. Or as of oh, it was last week. I'll find the date here on the folder once I open it. I have uh, December 7th. Yeah, yep. So on, on a call uh, last week, Chris had asked um, kind of where are we at for fund balance as of, as of that day. And I was able to, to leverage the, the budget to actual framework that I developed when we discussed um, Q4 of 21 as well as Q1 of 22, um, I was able to take current Springbrook data and bring it in and, and, and kind of create a nice little visual for him. Um, and it's opening up. It's just going a little slow. So this, this gave him kind of a point in time. And now it, 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 is, it is just that, a point in time. Um, so it, it's going to change. I mean, you couldn't go out to, to OpenGov and recreate this because that data has subsequently changed, but it was a point in time. Um, so if we look at like our starting fund balance, and this, is, this, this should be our balance that's going to be on our audit report for next, or for, for FY21. And then what I'm looking at is what's the change in fund balance? So here, if we look at our, our revenue streams, we've got about $5.3 million um, seven one through December seventh, and then we've got our expenditures. So we've we've spent five point one million dollars more than what we've brought in, and I do want to note this does not include our December property tax settlement that comes from County Marin. So that's going to be a big inflow, and that kind of gets back to the cyclical nature of municipal finance. So as of as of twelve seven, our kind of general fund fund balance was. 6.1 million. So if we take kind of where we started plus the negative change, 6.1 million. And the cash available in the general fund is 4.9 million. So that's our cash on hand versus our, our fund balance. So that was kind of part one of, of the question. And now I'm going to utilize our um, audit report from last year, publicly available uh, June 30th to talk real quickly about the fund balances, um, non-spendable, restricted, committed, assigned, and unassigned. Um, so the, the non-spendable fund balances are items that are already kind of spent, if you will. So good examples would be if we had lots of inventory, 
we can't spend those dollars or can't spend the fund balance because it's tied up in inventory. We have to liquidate it. Um, so we have some loans receivable for employees. We've got some postage, like prepaid postage, um, pretty immaterial amounts. But then this large one is advanced to other fund. This is the intra fund advance between general fund and MLK fund um, that's being paid back. Um, this is an asset to the general fund. It's, it's an asset, um, you know, we loan dollars to another fund, they'll pay us back. That's a non-spendable form of fund balance because it's, it's, we can't spend it. We have to collect or go through the collection process to, to have it available to meet the current needs of the government, to pay police officers, to, you know, maintain our parks and our streets, et cetera. Next is restricted. Now, restricted fund balance is restricted by an outside party, someone other than the municipality itself. So the state could give us a restriction. Um, the bond covenants could give us a restriction. So last year we had those COP projects that was restricted. Um, you know, our pensions, so that's sitting in a trust. We can only spend it to on pension-related activities. Um, we've got like some grant dollars. We got like a, a state cops grant that says, hey, here's some funding, spend it on, um, you know, the police force. Those are gonna be restricted by outside parties. So we carve out a portion of the fund balance and say, hey, these resources, these resources are available, but you have to spend them on this particular purpose. Chad, just real quick, I, I thought you would come yeah. up uh, with a um, draft of the treasurer's report that with the funds um, by their encumbrances, or at least flag them with the encumbrances and, and the feedback was group them. But what you're saying, right, you, you, the restriction is by covenant, by policy, by statute. So some, some of the decisions, some of the restrictions are decisions we've made, but are not obligated uh, to us by law. Yes, yes. So, so, so internal, inside the city's decisions would be committed were assigned. Um, restricted as outside parties. Most funds have a one-to-one -one relationship. The general fund is kind of a co-mingling of, of restrictions. Um, but the the committeds and the assigns are decisions made by by the city itself. So committed fund balances are funds that are, are reserved or designated. I shouldn't use reserved. I, that are, are are designated by the highest order of governance of the municipality. City Council says, okay, here we're going to take these dollars and we're going to set them aside for this purpose by resolution. Um, those funds, those available resources can only be spent for that purpose or Council can pass another resolution to uncommit them. Um, and that's an internal designation or an internal commitment uh, uh, yeah committed next would be assigned and that is assigned by a city manager or a finance uh, individual not governance not city council but assigned by by management if you will um, this can be assigned or unassigned by management Chris Vivian um, and those are kind of internal restrictions that we place on it we're just going to carve out and set aside dollars for a particular purpose or in this case like budget stabilizations or you know emergency shortfalls and then everything else that doesn't meet one of these gets kind of by default into unassigned and then the, on, on our audit report it kind of 
build those out as well, the non-spendable, restricted, committed, et cetera. Um, on that treasurer's report, we I flagged them by fund. Um, for like all of these other governmental funds, there's typically like a one-to-one -one relationship. Here's a fund, it's got a very specific purpose. It's either restricted or it's, it's a committed balance. The general fund on that treasurer's report, I, I need to revisit because I think we should we should carve out or show those unique distinctions on that on that report questions on the types of fund balance before I get into the difference between cash and fund balance no but I think Chad it's worth just for folks less familiar to explain why this is so important right what yeah. the policy implications are I think yeah yep so so the 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 restricted items you know we, we we have to meet those we can't we can't kind of undo those without either giving the the grant dollars back or or breaking the the rules of that grant so those 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 are, are really set in stone spend it on this or or return the funds um you know the 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 committed you know i think if if council has a a, a long-term project in mind and they want to you know start to accumulate resources maybe to self-fund instead of, of borrowing dollars um, having that that committed fund balance really kind of sets it in stone that yeah we want to take these funds and, and put them aside for future use or future future goals and then it's up to management to, to manage the, the budget manage the flows to you know not spend those committed dollars and, and work within the assigned or unassigned realm or find projects that that qualify for the a restricted purpose um yeah, let's you know, pause for it, a second let's take a question from the city manager yeah yep yeah. Sorry, so let, let me kind of um weigh in with some some basic stuff that i think is important um when we start talking about all of these funds that are general fund related or enterprise fund related, uh, whenever it's an enterprise fund, whether it's sewer, uh, some type of business model that the city has, the funds should be spent there. Um, whether they're grant funds, they, they're spent on the grants. Uh, when they're um, undesignated, uh, I wanna make sure that the public and the council understands there are a number of, of procedures and parameters that we adhere to as part of uh, existing policies and good business practices. For instance, the city manager cannot, you know, spend anything above thirty thousand dollars without council approval. Uh, the city manager uh, is uh, governed by different types of procedures and processes in terms of allocating um, even those funds, which uh, could be up to thirty thousand dollars without going to city council. But obviously, uh, there are requirements that we at certain levels go out and request proposals or get a certain number of bids. All of those things create checks and balances for the city manager and staff. Uh, in terms of the actual overall budget, uh, when we look at what we do with our, um, our funds, which are the taxpayers' dollars and governed by the city council, the audit is, is the way that we provide uh, information on how we're managing that money. And as you know, in the case of Sausalito, um, you know, we're in a pandemic. Uh, we're in a reconstruction of a finance department and a new finance director. And so all of these things are extremely critical at this point for us to go into uh, some more detail about. 
the audit itself, um, getting it completed and accepted by staff and management and then forwarded to the council for their acceptance is, is extremely, I mean, that's just uh, what cities do and have to do. Uh, the CAFR, which uh, we are foregoing this year, is you know a nice layer of added information, but isn't a required layer of added information, and therefore uh, we have elected not to do that this year because there's a cost to it, not just just the money cost, there's a time cost. So uh, as we get to the end of the close out of this past fiscal year, uh, you know we will then have you know data that is you know real data at a point in time, which is usually six months, and then we start our budget process. Uh, we've already started that. We'll speak to that in more detail at a later meeting. But, but today is to kind of give you the nuts and bolts of where we are in terms of the audit status. Uh, uh, some of the things that we found in that review, working with uh, a new team and a process that uh, is by law required, and then try to explain things like enterprise funds, grant funds, and the status of those funds so that the public understands them, and then go into more depth and detail with our pensions at a later date. Okay, thanks, Chris. Thanks for that. Um, okay, so do we have any uh, do we have any further questions from Janelle or Vivian? Any clarification from you or Chad? Any further comments based on Chris's comments? Let's start with Chad first. <laughs> Chad, Chad, any further comments based on Chris's comments? No, I, 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 I agree 100% with Chris. Um, my, my, only, my only suggestion is, is as a finance department, my, my goal is to, to try to help build a framework to give you guys quicker visibility to the data. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about the audit report for FY21, and we're, we're, we're going to hit our, six, our 1231 goal. But that, that's, I mean, that's six months old. Um, it's really stale in some degrees. And if we can get, you know, if we can, if we can get to a point where we can give Chris much quicker access to, to kind of budget actuals, to, to variances, to, to, to the data, so he can make a decision or council can make a decision, that's, that's ultimately where I, I, wanna, I wanna get. You know, we've been spending a lot of time just cleaning up things if, if we can build tools, you know, this is that, this is that report that, that I shared with you guys here where, you know, I shared the PDF, but behind the scenes, I've got, I've got more granular detail or information and the way this is configured, I can pull a report out of Springbrook and with our improved reconciliation where we're getting things reconciled faster than, you know, in the past, I, I feel confident that this is, is good information that can be useful for decision-making. Um, so that's really our goal because yeah, as Chris said, we, we've been entrusted with, with city dollars. We've got a, we've got a budget that governance has passed that people are, are supportive of, and this can really help him monitor and, and guide things going forward. Um, the audit is one piece of it, but there's a whole lot more that we as a finance department can certainly do for him and, and, and leverage, leverage good information and good data. So that's all I have to add. Chris is, Chris is awesome in his explanation. Okay, thanks. Um, any follow-up from Vice Mayor? Yeah, I'll just say really simply, better reporting. Um, and so I know Chad's working on that, but we should all be able to understand it really easily, really quickly. If you have to study it and cross-reference through other things, um, we're not we're not providing the transparency that our community wants. And also just Chris's follow-up on the CAFR, just so everyone's clear, the CAFR qualifies you for a 
an award, um, which is nice to have, but it is not an indication um, or a, a suggestion that what we're doing this year is any uh, not as, as quality. So um, that's a really big distinction, and we're doing something better for the community because it's actually um, less of a lift financially as well to develop what we're developing. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. Uh, Vivian, anything from you as our finance director? Not at this moment. What's that? I say I don't have any comment oh. at this moment. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Okay. And welcome, by the way. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, well, with that, then let me look. Uh, I believe at the beginning we said that we were going to. Um, move along smartly through our well we were going to uh budget review calendar is is attached we don't really need to go through that uh, we're going to talk about general fund reserve level and measure o at a later time um, and we're going to look at pension review and refinancing at a city council meeting probably a workshop in january um, and then attorney's fees for 2021 again at a address those at a later time. So with that, unless there's an objection, I think we're ready to adjourn. Any public comments, Mayor? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chris, for reminding me of that. So yes, so public comment on the presentation that we had for the audit update and status. And I'm not seeing any, I don't think we have any members of the public on the line. You're correct, Mayor, I see nothing, no hands. Well, now close public and then... Well, we've lost the mayor, but I think she was closing public comment. And I also think she was probably about to adjourn the meeting. Um, Chris, did you have anything to add? Yeah, you know, I wanna just go on the record and and thank the, the mayor and council for their uh, direction to reconstitute the finance department. I want to thank uh, the folks at Virtual Gov that did the work early on to kind of put this back on track. And certainly want to thank uh, Chad and the current finance department for the work they are doing to get this audit completed. And wanted to be clear that you know um, the time frame and the audits that um, accrue in the city. Uh, calendar are not calendar years they're july 1st through june 30th so as we look at these you know as Ta as chad mentioned you know this is six month old information but a lot of the stuff that we get at the end of june you know we have to account for in july uh, october november september to get to the point where we can actually give a, an accounting of where we stand uh, based on all of that information coming in it doesn't come in at the end of the, the fiscal year it comes in over time over the next three months and we try to put that all together and then work with our auditor who is independent of the city to give us a sense of how we're managing the public's dollars but thank everybody for their work on this yeah and chris great job to you for hearing that advice and acting so expeditiously and lining mm -hmm. up a really fantastic team and vivian we're delighted to have you on board and chad i've already expressed my delight in your work so thank you for all the the hard work and the hours you put in here. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks all. Um, I think we'll just adjourn uh, at this point. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.